Thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspiration's Monday Motivation. I am your host, Althea Richardson. As always, today's show is sponsored by Anchor.fm. So my special guest today is evangelist Tamika Strickland. Tamika is going to be sharing her story of overcoming and being very raw and transparent with her story. She's going to also be talking about her transformation from being in lesbian relationships to now being an evangelist and a teacher of the word of God, how she was able to really find true love, that agape love that only God can, can, can give. So you guys, if you have any little people that may be sitting around listening to podcasts along with you, you may want to have them step into another room. Because as I mentioned, Evangelist Tamika will be sharing some very transparent information about her past life. And yeah, it's going to be raw and real, but I really believe that it's going to help my listeners understand and hopefully be able to have their their lives changed as well. So you guys sit back and enjoy this interview with evangelist Tamika Strickland on Wove Inspiration, the Monday Motivation. Tamika, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, woman of God, for having me on your show. Thank you. So, Ms. Tamika, as I ask anybody that comes on to the show, I always ask, because I, I, every person that comes on here is very successful, and you are definitely someone who is successful, having written a book entitled In Identity Deception from Wounds to Worship. So, but with with anybody, there is always a beginning. So, Miss Tamika, tell us about your beginning. Well, my beginning began with abuse, abandonment, rejection, no self-esteem, no self-worth. And from that point forward, the blocks that I walk with, glory to God, has kept me in a place of struggle and uncertainty. And I didn't know who I was or whose I was until I met my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So tell us a little bit about what it was like for you growing up. Well, as a little girl, I always felt insecure because of that touch. You know, when a little girl is angry all the time, Someone needs to ask questions mm-hmm. because a little girl should be happy, joyous, and free. And I couldn't understand why I was angry so much. But when I think back, I remember my mom and my dad, they used to fight. And believe it or not, you don't even understand the trauma that you're walking in until later on in life. Because no one really explained it to me. I was this little girl that was always searching for love. Just wanting attention. 
and I didn't get it. So I cried out and just never felt safe who I was. I was unable to look in a mirror and see. And I could cry even now because I couldn't see the beauty. I couldn't see it. I didn't feel it. I just never felt secure in my own skin. That's horrible. That is horrible. And so growing up, um, for you, you you said that your parents fought a lot? Yes. Hmm. You know what the sad part of it is? I only remember one fight. I was told by my sisters they fought all the time. And growing up, I was always wondering why if a man and a woman argue, why would I shake? So it stemmed back to the fighting. Yeah, that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, because in and typically in how in homes, it's supposed to be real peaceful, you know. Um, you now of course there are some couples that they they may have a disagreement or whatever, but most couples they would go s- and separate themselves from uh keeping the kids from hearing that because just just what you said it it with them doing it on a consistent basis it it would make anybody nervous because it's it's violence if it's loud and you hearing people cussing at each other and calling each other out of their names and stuff like that so yeah i can imagine how how old were you when now that this was taking place eight and under yeah i can't say exactly when it began but i know when my mom got mad she she would say horrible things like, you look just like that black nigga. That's horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. And so with their arguing and everything, was there um, anything that was taken out on the kids, yourself, or any of your siblings? Well, when they argued, we were always told to just go in our room, mm-hmm. just stay in a room, because my dad, he would be drinking and... You know, once you start drinking, it was always something. And we just didn't feel safe. We didn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And we were young, little kids, not feeling secure. I know at least for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, how many siblings do you have? Well, at that time, it was just my sister and I. Okay. And so when did stuff start to change for you in in your life to where, I mean, was there ever a time that they didn't argue, fuss, and fight? It was always, always an argument. And I started to shut down. You know why? Because I was just angry. I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. And no one made me feel safe. And I didn't understand everything that I was going through at that age. I just know I was very angry. Mm -hmm. I was a very angry (laughs) little girl, very angry. And so as you got older in your teenage years, of course, not only were you dealing with that, you're having to deal with changes with your, with yourself, your body, your, your emotions, um, all over the place. So I'm sure that that was an experience in and of itself. So what, what 
where did your journey take you to from there as a teenager? Well, I was very insecure. Um, my first drug of choice was masturbation and porno flicks. And, you know, once you're touched, that spirit of perversion takes over. And there was always some type of porno flicks around and became my best friend. I didn't know how to deal with the world. Like when I went to school, I wasn't like popular. I was shy. I felt insecure about my body. Mm-hmm. Even when I played softball, I went out for softball and I was always running around the bases like, oh my God, my legs are too big. And when I think back, I was always athletic looking, but because someone instilled that you're fat, that became my norm. I always heard it, fatty, skinny. And even though that person didn't mean to cause harm, because I was already having trauma issues, I internalized that. And it's been a struggle all my life. There were no women at that particular time. I was always trying to fit in and didn't fit in. So I was always a loner. And I didn't understand. My sister, she was totally opposite. She was outgoing. She was popular. She was the extrovert. I was an introvert. Like if I was on punishment, my stepdad would take away the TV or wouldn't allow me to go into the pool. With her, it would be she couldn't go out go outside. And she couldn't stand that, so she'd rather get the beaten. <laughs> but for me, I, I just always felt alone. Always. Like, never really had friends. I would do babysitting, but I was always alone. You understand later on in life, but as I was going through my teenage years, I was by myself a lot. Me, Mm. masturbation, and porno flicks, and overeating. Body never good enough. And I was physically fit, but I could not see it. I mean, there was a time where I would... Just say, you know how you're sitting in the cafeteria and you have that middle section where everybody walk out. Do you know my mind said I was too big to fit through that middle section? It was a lie. But because of the fat, I internalized this so, it was just deeply embedded inside of me. And I look at pictures today and I'm like, even my prom picture, where were you fat? Mm-hmm. Where were you ugly? But because of the enemy <laughs> at an early age, mm-hmm. just trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And I didn't even know. Yeah. It's always been a trick of the enemy, knowing everything that I was going to embark on in my life. He was trying to destroy the seed. So you're walking around with 
rejection, abandonment, you feel fat and ugly, you have no self-esteem, no self-worth, what do you have? A life of fear and insecurity. That's a horrible way to live not knowing your worth. Definitely. And that's how I live most of my life. Um, let me go back some, because there was something that you said that um, an individual or not even, it wasn't mentioned specifically that there was a touch of, of by someone. So were you um, sexually molested as a child? I was touched. I was touched by my dad. Okay. I wasn't raped. It was a touch. Mm. But the touch changed my whole perspective on life. Mm -hmm. i give you an example. So we're in a bathtub. And, you know, he's washing down there. And I start to shake. And he laughs. What are you laughing for? Mm -hmm. And why am I shaking? But see, when you think about it, because of that feeling down there, I'm chasing it with masturbation and porno flicks. Mm -hmm. Because once you're touched from a spirit of perversion, it's almost like you're off to the races. You have to feel, it's almost like the void until something else captures your desire. Right. So it was always a constant chase. And you're never satisfied, but you're living in pain and you're living in fear. You don't see your worth. You don't know who you are in God because you never went to church. So you walking down this long path of self-destruction and there is no one to help you at the time. And it's unfortunate, especially when it's, um, sexual assault abuse of a child that that child experiences that that feeling because someone else forced it on that person and so like you were saying the 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 yearning to what i've heard from other individuals and even in my own personal experience the yearning to feel that again and again, and it's that satisfying that you're you're trying to to look for in in other things and other people um, that is never ever satisfied because first of all, it was something that was supposed to happen anyway as a child, and right. so I it's 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 mind bottling how first of all an adult could even do that to a child, right and. And then that child is left with this seed that was planted in them that manifests itself in different ways um, through either an extreme left where that person is very, very sexually active with, with different men and, and relationships and things of that sort. Or there are women that go to the other side where they are mostly interested in women because they found that from my experience with um, friends that I know of, they felt that they never got that satisfaction from a man. So they went to a woman. 
So tell me about your experience because you meant uh, we talked earlier. Your the topic of this evening really is about a deliverance from lesbianism. And so tell me ex- your your journey as far as how that came about for you. Well, I always had like attention-seeking behavior, and I had a crush on pretty women because I felt like I was ugly. So I would always look at a woman or a teenager and wondered, like, why does she walk like that? I don't. You know, comparing myself to women. And it went back and forth, different crushes. Nothing had happened until I was maybe 19. And from that point forward, all I was doing was chasing the idea of someone loving me. Even as I laid down with each and every one of the women, all I wanted was for them to show me how to love me. And I started out strong, Rico Suave, but I ended up loving you, losing me each and every time. My broken pieces with each and every one of the women that I encountered ended up in self-destruction, whether it was mentally, physically, emotionally, or sexually. Mm-hmm. It was never enough because that wound from when I was eight and under, it got bigger. That person, place, I was introduced to drugs, marijuana, the alcohol, nothing was enough. Please don't leave me because the same person that touched me left me. Mm-hmm. Please don't leave me like he did. And then you have the insecurity about your body. Well, we can't have the light on. They don't need to know, but I know what's going on. I'm feeling insecure. I'm feeling inferior within myself. So it was just a different face, same personality. (laughs) What I understand is the representative always come across as a strong woman. And then later on down the line, the broken pieces show up, your fear, trying to control, trying to manipulate, jealous of every person that you're around, whether it's, it could, I don't, I don't care who, it could be your mother, it could be your father. If I wasn't getting the attention that I felt like I deserved, there was trouble because I was so deeply broken on the inside. I felt it was almost like I was a leech. I needed to draw from you. And it still wasn't enough. You know how many women told me, you're never satisfied, it's never enough. And it's the truth. I couldn't accept that back then. But the reality of it is, (laughs) how I live my life, thank God for God, Mm. I am surprised that I am still here because the drugs didn't take me out. I was still walking around in my pain in different hostage ships because they never were a a relationship. A relationship is based on 
agape love. Mm-hmm. So I never had that. I didn't grow up in church. I wasn't introduced to God until I got clean back in 2000. Oh my God. They said, what must change? Everything must change. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me I have to deal with life on life without the use of a drug? I have to deal with my wounds without drugs? Mm-hmm. So once the drugs were taken, guess what? The real wounded person, the angry person really came out. Because you see, the marijuana just enhanced the insanity that I was already dealing with. Mm-hmm. So now here it is, I'm clean and crazy, as they call it in the recovery world. And I was introduced to a higher power. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in the recovery process. I continually walked and got to know a higher power. Didn't have anything to do with Jesus. My mom got sick and I started to pray for my mom. And that's how I was introduced to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And things didn't change right away. I was still dealing with women. Some of it was physical, abusive. I allowed them to say what they wanted to say because I was already broken. So mm-hmm. why not? Just don't leave me. Don't you know I need you? Don't you know you're my world? You know, when you don't deal with your broken pieces, your broken pieces begin to deal with you in various forms. And I say to God be the glory because once I got saved, I started walking a little bit more. Even though I still had women, I just kept walking. I kept walking and I kept walking. Mm-hmm. But eventually what happened, my appetite began to change. And when your appetite begins to change and you're introduced to this Lord and Savior by getting saved and getting baptized and reading the word, you don't desire the same things. Mm -hmm. But the broken pieces and the enemy don't want you to let go. So then you have the struggle You have the struggle of you're dressing like a man at this particular time. Mm -hmm. Because, see, when I embarked on in in, in the lesbianism world and that world, I didn't begin dressing like a man. The deeper I got into it, the more I listened to the women. Oh, you shouldn't wear eyeliner. You see the broken pieces. Mm. Oh, you know, you shouldn't wear tight this. I allowed them to change me into a person that I really didn't recognize. So you go deeper and deeper and deeper. You may think about suicide. You become angry. You get mad with them because they told you what you should do. And because of your broken pieces, you listen. And then you go deeper and deeper into darkness. But God, but God. Wow. So with your deliverance, you were able to write your first book. Is this your first book? Yes. Okay. So the name of her book again is Identity Deception from Wounds to Worship. What do you want these listeners to get out of your book? Well, my book, God bless them. God birthed up. That book is about Little Meek Meek. 
You can identify by seeing your name that was lost, that was abused. It's not always just about homosexuality. It's mm-hmm. abandonment, rejection, anger. The things that I went through in my life and when I got introduced to God, the, the bricks, they say the peeling of the onion, things started to fall off. Because yeah. see, when you ask God to take away your pain, you don't know what he's going to take away. Because see, me walking and living in the life was my security blanket. Me walking as that man was a security blanket. And then once the stuff started falling off, the grave clothes, as we say, Mm -hmm. and then I'm reading the word, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works for my soul knows very well. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I am created in the image of God. These things are the things that helped me start identifying who I was in Christ Jesus. Even though I was still walking as that man on the outside, the surgery of the spirit, hallelujah, Mm. was going on. Because Mm. once you get touched by your Lord and Savior, there is nothing that can't happen. You can Mm -hmm. do all things. So this book is about transformation. This book is about a relationship with my Lord and Savior. This book is about change. This book gives you an opportunity to get to know yourself without all of the grave clothes. Amen. Amen. And real quick, so you are actually a part of another book project. Uh, entitled, I Am a Black Woman Next Level. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So <laughs> we, we, we touch in, we're going to be touching a whole lot of women's lives. It's a team of, I believe it's 10 of us, and I'm a part of that project as well. And so what, what actually made you decide to um, approach that project? You know, With everything going on in this world, I know God took me out of that lifestyle to show other women that there is life after lesbianism. He has shown me. He will continually show me. He will have women in my life so I can show, I can guide with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's about. Each one teach one. That's what I'm learning. Yeah. And with that particular book project, the uh, principal author, Queen Dr. Carolyn Stevens, her vision for for this particular project is huge. She already has uh, launched the very first book, which is I Am a Black Man, where there are stories of uh, men that also experienced um, sexual molestation in their lives. And it's not, I know with a man sharing that information, it is very, very hard to, to share. You know, it's time, out for, it's time out for change for 
black people in general. Yes. And it, it's time for us to to make a stand and and start changing some things um, in our community. And it's time to have conversation. And so as we being a part of the I am a black woman next level and uh, I am a black man out already, the conversation is is getting out there in particular as it pertains to sexual abuse as a as a child. And so I am blessed and honored that you have been willing to share your story and being transparent about your past and everything. And I believe with every fiber of my being that it's going to make a difference in someone's life. And, and I appreciate you sharing your story on today on Wove Inspiration. As I always, before our, we end the show, first of all, how can people get in contact with you? Well, you are able to get in contact with me. With me. My email, evangelisttstrickland at gmail.com. I have Tamika Strickland Ministries. Dot org. That is my website. I am on Facebook. I am also on Instagram as Anointed Scribe 68. That's about all, women of God. And where can people get a copy of your book as well? Identity Deception from Wounds to Worship is available on Amazon.com as well as ebook. Awesome. And I will be posting that information on the notes of this show. And I really highly suggest that you get a copy of Identity Deception from Wounds to Worship by Miss or Evangelist Tamika Strickland. Tamika, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story. Thank you, woman of God, so much. Thank you. This is Althea with Wove Inspirations. You are listening to the Monday edition, Monday Motivation. You guys have an awesome day. Take care and God bless. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspiration, the Monday edition. Wove Inspiration interviews men and women who use their voice to share their stories of overcoming issues such as mental illness, abuse, and many other obstacles in life. Everyone has a story, some good, some not so good. The common factor for guests on Wove Inspiration are their victorious endings. You can follow us and leave comments on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Wove Inspiration. You can also subscribe to this show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any other platforms you listen to podcasts.